Have you ever felt challenged with making life-changing decisions or leading in a public square or simply aligning your thoughts with your actions? Well, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Trust Your Voice podcast. My name is Sylvie Legere, and as a civically engaged entrepreneur and mom, I understand the challenges of advocating for yourself and others while attempting to balance your personal and professional demands. I had to develop a personal system of success in every area of my life, and now I want to help you build your unique system and truly trust your voice, even and especially when it shakes. By the end of each episode, you'll be energized to spark your creative leadership, make purposeful connection, and confidently prioritize the matters that bring you the most joy. So let's start the show. My guest today is Father Romero. Father Romero has a PhD in ancient philosophy and specializes in philosophy of religion. He's currently an associate professor of philosophy at Kenrick Glennon Seminary, and he's also the author of the book, Without the Least Tremor, The Sacrifice of Socrates in Plato's Phaedo. So I met Father Romero when uh, he was a spiritual leader of a silent Ignatius retreat at the Cloisters on the Platte in Gretna, Nebraska. And I found that his approach to life, his advice on how to deal with other people and how to accept our own shortcomings really brought me some peace. So in this podcast, I want to give you a nugget of wisdom to trust your voice, to achieve your potential. And in, in my opinion, you know, one of the stepping stones to trusting our voice is to accept that there are some undeniable features of human nature and that are good and bad, and it impacts our behavior and that of others. And that's why I invited Father Romero today, a philosopher, to explore this topic with me. So Father Romero, welcome to the Trust Your Voice podcast. It's so good to talk with you today. Uh, We're tackling a topic that I have to say is really hard for me because I'm a pragmatic person with a mind that really tries to simplify things. So welcome. Thank you, Sylvie. It's great to be with you. First, you know, it'd be great to give us some context. And if you could share with us the core of what you're teaching as a professor of philosophy in a seminary, it'd be really great. Okay. So as you said, my um, specialty in graduate school at Boston College was ancient philosophy with an emphasis on Plato and reading him through continental figures such as Heidegger and Gadamer. And so after graduate school, I taught at Creighton University in Omaha for about 10 years. And then recently I've moved to Kenrick Lennon Seminary in St. Louis. And I'm uh, teaching philosophy of all kinds of different areas to Catholic seminarians uh, who are preparing to study theology in preparation for priesthood. So right now I'm kind of in the midst of uh, all kinds of different areas. with them. Um, we're doing uh, an ethics course, course on ethics and morality, doing a course on contemporary existentialism, going back to Hegel and some phenomenology and a special course on Charles Taylor, one, a Canadian who has uh, published a, a book in 2009 called A Secular Age, which talks about living in, in a world of, secu- of secularism. So lots of different things to help seminarians. Lots of different things. You cover everything, all philosophy from even like from today to Socrates era. So fascinating. You know, we met when uh, you were a spiritual leader of a silent retreat at the Cloisters on the Platte. And explain to us, like, what does it mean to lead a silent Ignatius retreat? What do you want people to leave with when um, they go to a retreat, an Ignatius retreat? 
So St. Ignatius of Loyola was the founder of the Jesuit order. Uh, he, he was a counter-reformation figure. And his spiritual genius were a set of spiritual exercises, which he wrote down and he, and he gave. They were very practical tools. So as Jesuits, we're taught to give the exercises. Many, many lay people also lead people through the exercises. So what we do uh, at the Cloisters on the Platte is we try to present those exercises in an abbreviated form over a period of about three days. And so to foster a setting in which people can enter into the exercises, we ask them to remain silent during the retreat so that they can listen to the voice of God, the deeper voice of God that is in their hearts and, and that we experience through the, the Catholic Mass, through scripture reading, through nature. It's, it's a beautiful place there in, in Gretna. And so what we're asking people to do is to set aside some time just to quietly be with God, to contemplate the presence of God in their in their current life and maybe look at some of the areas where they've fallen short in their lives, um, maybe places that are deep deeper wounds where others have disappointed them, to try to reconcile some of those areas, whether in a Catholic setting, it's through the Sacrament of Reconciliation, but anyone can enter into it. And as a result, as Ignatius would say, indifferent, so that we are, and this is a special term for Ignatius, this indifferentia, which means that we are free to follow the promptings of God's voice. So one of his concerns was that as human beings, as part of our human nature, we become attached to certain things. These things could be material things. They could be money. They could be certain possessions, or they, they could be ideas. They could be certain ideas about how I have to live my life or who I should be friends with or um, how I should be entitled to receive love. What are the things I have to do in my life to be satisfied. So Ignatius wants us to cultivate a spirit of freedom and indifference so that in all things we are free to discern the promptings of, his, of the Spirit and to be generous and acting on them as we try to cooperate with God in healing the world and so that we don't do anything that would make that cooperation more difficult through our own failures and, and sinfulness. Thank you for that, for capturing, you know, the essence of the silent retreat. And it's it's surprisingly easy to actually not talk. And it's refreshing and it's calming and you, you reach an inner, inner peace there because you're just trying to be in touch with God's word in, in your heart. And one of, one of my takeaways was also, and I think that's what you did so well in the, in the conference, is you kept saying, introducing what you were going to say with, some people believe that, some people say this. It gave me a sense of inner peace because it was the first time that you're in a place where you have to accept your shortcomings or accept human nature in yourself and in others and let it go. And that I feel is a, is a real starting point for leading a full life and, and leading a life that has more empathy for others, that's more forgiving to ourselves and others. And it was really a key takeaway for me. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a really a wonderful uh, experience. You touched a little bit on Ignatius' uh, genius and primary teaching. What about 
Ignatius' teachings around other, you, you shared about this attachment and being released of attachment to things or ideas. Are there other teachings of Ignatius around uh, human nature and feelings? I think going back to kind of what you picked up about some people say these things or there's these different voices that we may be attentive to. And this may be just my particular take on what Ignatius has said and maybe my own prayer experience, but it's sort of my approach is shaped through internal family systems therapy. So the idea that there are many parts of us, that the human psyche, the human soul has many parts. A basic principle is that all parts are welcome. And so one of the challenges for being quiet is suddenly we start to listen we experience all these parts. And as you've noted in your book, uh, a major part of our human nature is fear. It's reacting to fear. And so this ability to be welcoming to the fearful parts of us that may not have been through our family of origin or through the stresses of life, where we may run from certain ideas or voices. And so we just try to provide a welcoming setting for prayer such that we can listen to voices and listen to parts of ourselves, but that we know that in all of these things, our ultimate goal is to really be silent in our, the deeper part of us so that we're able to just be in the presence of God and to know the deeper parts of us. So I think uh, Ignatian teaching that's key here is uh, the discernment of spirits. and. Um, when we pray, we, in the retreat where the, the, the guide sort of asks us to um, encounter the Lord through a, a picture of scripture, through our imagination, so that we can see these different figures. Maybe it's a woman caught in adultery, you know, in that scene in John, where she's in the midst and all these people are pointing fingers at her, you know, and they're accusing her and they're accusing Jesus and it's this hostile crowd. But she encounters this quietness with Jesus. And, you know, she, John says that it was as if they were alone together. And uh, he begins to write in the sand. And he looks at her with love and he says, has no one condemned you? Because they put down their stones. And he says, I, I don't condemn you either. Go and don't sin again. So I think the one of the techniques in Ignatian spirituality is to enter into a scriptural scene, to imagine what would happen there, to take that, and then to discern what we heard in that time. If we're moving more towards God, and that gave us a sense of peace and consolation, we can trust that that's God giving us more of who we should become. It's a deepening. On the other hand, if it's desolation, God may be using us to help us to look at some area of our lives. And all of this, of course, presupposes, you know, as I like to say in my retreats, that we're good people trying to become better people. As long as God knows we are on the good track to try and be a men and women of greater virtue and service to him, he'll work with the, these spirits to encourage us to trust our, these voices, to be more welcoming and, and to be more... Uh, attentive in our prayer. So all of these things are things that Ignatius is able to capture in, in these exercises. 
Yeah, and I think these voices, I know we, we hear sometimes voices or images of empathy, of love, of connection, of being really creative. But then there's also these images of harm, of being being lazy or wanting control or just following a crowd, right? Not being a standby or and then, as you mentioned, uh, fear, those are all those voices that, that we hear all the time. We have to kind of discern them and focus on, on the ones that make us better people. So it, it was, it's also, I found a big takeaway of the Ignatius Retreat is this idea of, yeah, we are good people who want to better ourselves. And uh, as I was rereading the chapter of my book around human nature, I felt like, oh, I should have added this piece about this desire to better ourselves. It's not something that comes naturally. It's really something that we have to work hard and be conscious of and, and really activate. And I felt like that's one of the, the great teachings of, of Ignatius and a great takeaway when you take time to uh, go to a silent retreat. Hi, Sylvie here. Are you ready to trust your voice? I've got something just for you. Get your copy of my newest book, Trust Your Voice. In the book, I give you big ideas and practical steps to gaining confidence so that you can take on new challenges in your life and trust your instincts and your own voice. You can find it on Amazon.com and you can also reach out to me at sylvie at trustyourvoicepodcast.com if you have any questions or feedback about the book or this show. So now let's get back to the episode. I was reading an article about what Ignatius of Loyola can teach us about making good decision. And one of the teaching is to probe the origin of our feelings. So it might be healing, doing good, greed or power. And um, how do we know? And I think you've touched on that a little bit. Maybe you have another angle. How do we do that, right? You said about just the images that comes to mind, but do you have other ways for us to identify what is truly driving our words and our action and, and making decisions? That's a great question. And I think, you know, a lot of people find themselves in moments in their lives when they have to make a decision and they may have to make a career change or a career choice or something like that. And Ignatius has some very good advice for that. Um, he talks about three different times when we might make a decision and they go sort of like this. The first time is sort of, a, as he put it, we have a tremendous revelation. You know, sometimes we, somebody like St. Paul gets, gets knocked down and he knows what he's been doing by persecuting the Christians has been wrong. And he suddenly changes his approach and he's certain of that. It's, it's with great light and certainty. He says, there's a second time what he says is having gained much experience of the discernment of spirits, of the fruits and the movements over time, we then have enough evidence to make that choice. And then a third time is when we don't have really enough heartfelt or feeling or, as he says, sincere, enough sense, enough of that, we do it in order to... Um, we might engage in our mind, our reason, in order to help us to do that. I think following that second way, where we try and test it out a little bit, Ignatius might even say, well, you're not getting enough data. Maybe you should really commit yourself to praying about it for 10 minutes each day. Or maybe you might commit yourself to doing some charitable work in order to help quicken your spirit. Or you might um, engage in some penance 
or something like that in order to bring along the spirit. So his approach is one that tries to give us the most freedom that we can have as we make a choice. Now, I should say that in some cases we've made choices which we may not be able to change, you know, or, or for whatever reason, we may have made a commitment or a promise or a vow that doesn't allow us to go back on that. Well, Ignatius would say we should be aware of that and we should make steps to reform our lives within the context of those promises. You know, what can I do to more fully engage in that, uh, in the promises that I've already made? So things like that. He's, he's very pragmatic, you know, about dealing with the, the human condition. It's interesting, this approach, actually, of like visualizing yourself in this position and kind of focusing on the positive, consulting with others to get some advice, and then trying to really prey on it and, and take your time to kind of hear the signals or really what's driving it and maybe uh, the consequences and, and be okay with those, right? Whichever way they are. Because it's it's hard. It's hard to make uh, decisions. And you're right, that list of pros and cons is hard to actually create it sometimes. So that's a, one way to do it. I love to kind of always look back at the United States of America and, and how it's formed and how the words of the Declaration of Independence kind of changed how like people thought about themselves, right? And I'll just read the piece of the Declaration of Independence. Like, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And what I found it so unique about the U.S. is America is built on this culture of like self-reliance, of hard work, and the rule of law, the, the belief that we're created equal and we have opportunities to improve our life through our own efforts, everything. And yet, when you read the Federalist Papers and James Madison wrote, if men were angels, no governments would be necessary, nor internal controls on government would be necessary. So I want to talk with you a little bit about, you know, how in today's context, you know, Ignatius, and again, you touched a little bit on it, can help us, you know, balance this desire to control others, maybe to distrust and, and balance it with this belief in self-reliance and personal freedom and the positive side, right? How do we discern those two feelings and what's driving it? And you touched on it a little bit on it when you gave your example about how you made decision, how you recognize a certain feeling that was not a good one and you tried to go to a more positive one, but how do we balance it out? Yeah, that's a great question. And a lot to be said. Um, I guess what comes to mind initially is founding fathers, the, the, the declaration is these, what God did when God created man, what God did when he created us, created us with these certain rights and, and et cetera. But Ignatius would ask it from another perspective, which is, what is my relationship and my responsibility toward God? And so he has a, what he calls the first principle and foundation, which, which we began the exercises. And he says, I am created to praise, reverence, and to serve God, and by this means to save my soul. So why am I created? He's asking, why are we created? Not this wonderful acknowledgement that God created us equally, but so my, if I'm created to praise, reverence, and serve God, so if I'm created to serve God, then that's pretty overwhelming. You know, that, that, that shows me that 
you know, I have part of this plan. I'm not just there to receive, I'm there to give. I'm there to give praise to God. I'm there to give reverence to God and I'm there to serve God. So that's who I am. We have a culture probably since the founding documents that sort of many people don't know who they are. You know, uh, people are unsure of who they are, but this tells us who we are. We are, we're all created and we're created to praise, reverence, and serve God. So we have a mission. And, and then he says that in terms of other things, so other things are created and the things of this earth, the things of this wonderful land that we live in, the, the beautiful country that we have, these are created to help us in doing that. They're, the things of creation are there to assist us in praising, reverence, and serve God. And then he says, so I should make use of those things insofar as they help me to do that. But I should distance myself from them, or as he says, detach myself from them, or as we said before, make ourselves indifferent to them insofar as they don't. Because created things, be they food, be they wealth, be they fame, they be the honor, be they college degrees, be they even relationships, these things can have the power to attach myself to them. And so I'm not free to use them for the purposes that God might have in mind. So I think that, um, you know, the kind of government that the founding fathers had in mind was one that would be very compatible with, with what Ignatius, and it, of course it has been. Um, you know, we've been able to flourish in the Catholic faith in this wonderful country uh, because of that, because of the freedom of religion that, that we have. So, you know, I, I think that's it's a very, very strong overlap there. Well, it's and it's also this idea of that, yeah, you're part of a, a bigger plan because you're there to serve God. And, and it's not just attachment to these things that, that our society is telling us is so important. And that's a great reminder. And it's a great way to also discern which actions to take and what paths to do and, and how to explain our behavior. So thank you so much, Father Romero, for our conversation today. I think it was, I learned a lot and it was really enlightening. And uh, thank you for sharing in a way that's really understandable with, uh, with me and with all our listeners. You know, the, these um, principles of life and Ignatius' uh, teachings, and I think I'm um, taking a, a lot away. So thank you so much. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Great to be with you. Thank you for joining me, Sylvie Legere, on my Trust Your Voice podcast. I hope that this episode brought you a new way to think about your voice, how to trust yourself, and how to use your voice for good in your life and in your community. If you like this podcast, be sure to leave us a review in Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. À bientôt.